This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. As you can see, I'm here, I'm in the flesh, and I'm not wearing makeup. Correct. I know. I know you're all disappointed. I'm sad. I'm sorry. Uh, actually, I'm not sorry. What ended up happening <laughs> was we did do the makeup yesterday. <laughs> As you can see, uh, I was beautiful. <clears throat> um, but uh, I basically reworked my trip so that I could leave later this afternoon just so I could do this podcast. Uh, actually, truth be told, it was so that I didn't have to fly at 5 a.m. Uh, and I wanted to get a lift in before I left. And then also the podcast. You gotta get that pump in. You gotta get that pump in. <laughs> Make sure my tits are right, you know? Right? <laughs> um, as far as like the episode goes for uh, me wearing the drag makeup, we filmed it. Uh, the plan was to release it tomorrow. I'm not sure we're going to do that yet. It doesn't seem... I don't, I don't know. Something about it wasn't like great. Uh, we interviewed the, the uh, makeup artist who, um, who did the makeup. He does makeup for himself and, and wears drag as well. So I think that part's interesting. But Melissa and I just basically spent the next 40 minutes uh, just talking about how absurd I looked. Yeah, I was kind of just like creeped out. Yeah, it was a lot of just like her looking intently at me and me being like what because i was like trying to just like listen normally but then it was really distracting because you looked like a woman yeah every time i would every time we would like get into a conversation i would kind of forget that i had the makeup on it would just turn back to her just being like you look weird <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough yeah. it was a tough one-on-one -on -one combo it to be was honest tough, yeah um so yeah i don't know maybe we'll release that in the future uh we might see uh if we end up going the patreon route where we have like some behind the scenes type stuff that'll obviously be a good fit there yeah so uh sorry to disappoint but you you got the picture yeah at least um and you can't screen screenshot that photo you you can't deny i fucking look good i pulled it off you did you did pull it off but it, it was you look like Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> uh, shout out to Steezy9, his with a $5 super chat. He said, you look like Bell Woman from America Horror Story, the one with Lady Gaga, which is appropriate. Um, never saw it, but I'm sure she's beautiful as far as I can tell. Bell Woman, that's Berkey. Yep, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you guys have yet to get a nickname to stick, and I'm not sweating it. Uh, just Melissa and I today... So we are, we, we're, we got a big show ahead of us today, to <laughs> <laughs> say the least. Um, and uh, as far as the rest of the week goes, Conrad will be back on Thursday, landed back, I don't know, before Monday. I don't know. He might just run off in a lope and we'll never see him again. <sighs> this kid, man. I'm living vicariously. I, Me too. I love it so yeah. much. He's having a blast. He's going to Bush Gardens tomorrow. I know. I've never been to Bush Gardens. The fuck is this? Man, to be 23. I've been again. on an amusement park date. Right. I actually have. It's great. 
I can't do date. roller coasters. It makes my brain shake and my concussed <laughs> brain my concussed brain gets headaches. Oh, I used man. to be able to, and then the the event happened. I, the event. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're still talking about the horse. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah. You make it sound like it was <laughs> the brain trauma yeah. happened, and I can't do roller coasters anymore. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, I was terrified of roller coasters until I was probably in seventh grade. And ironically, the way I very first started riding them. So we have a, a local theme park in Pittsburgh called Kennywood. Uh, fantastic place. Has one of the oldest uh, wooden roller coasters in America. <laughs> wow. A little FYI. The Thunder, it's like, yeah. The Thunderbolt. Definitely seeking out the oldest <laughs> wooden roller coaster in the country. Definitely uh, something on my bucket list. It, I think they have the oldest and the fastest. So it actually may be the racers that's the oldest. Uh, and that's two roller coasters that race against one another. And I think the Thunderbolt is actually the fastest wooden roller coaster. But anyway. I don't, yeah, the wooden ones, especially, I can't go on. Oh, they're so. Your brain's going to shake. I, I mean, all over when the I first got into riding roller coasters, they were horrifying. But like now they're so much fun because it's it's so old school. It's like click, 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 click. It sounds like it's going to fall apart. That's part of the sweat. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You want to know that there's a 1% chance you might die. I grew up going to Six Flags in New Jersey, and we would go on King Daka. That one was fun because mm. that's fast. Little no fact, I actually that clip that Guapo pulled up, I actually filmed that. That that was uh, that's not true, but <laughs> what? Uh, that that's actually not true. I did not film this. However, uh, I do have film footage of me riding the Thunderbolt on the Solve4Y platform. So um, I don't remember what vlog number it is, but if you go back Look how to- how rickety that thing Oh is. yeah, it's rickety as fuck. It's so much fun though. This is my favorite roller coaster see, of all time. My head would be shaking and I would come, yes, off, I would yes. come off the ride and throw up. Absolutely. my head would be so Absolutely. Um, whenever we were doing vlogs, so the, the Solve4Y Chronicles, our very first bit of YouTube content, uh, I did film an entire day at Kennywood. It was me, Lamana, and Michelle. Ironically, I thought it was gonna be like you alone. No, <laughs> what the fuck? No, it was actually pretty dope. It was uh, it was me, Lamana, Michelle, and then I met my nephew and his girlfriend there, uh -huh. and uh, we were just kind of like paling around uh, the, the the park all day long, riding a bunch of stuff. And there's a part or a scene at the end where we're playing like uh, this baseball game where you have to knock down a pyramid of bottles, mm -hmm. like milk jugs, uh, old school, like 1950s milk jugs and um we're going through it and like lamana and i are failing at it for a while and then finally i win and this little kid comes up to me and goes yo man you vlogging <laughs> and i'm like yeah you want to get in he's like nah <laughs> <laughs> we put it in obviously wow uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun but uh the irony of how i began riding roller coasters because i'm terrified of heights mm -hmm. and like the idea of going upside down made me squeamish was uh, every summer, our local town would have a Kennywood Day, and it was organized amongst the town and the uh, the the high school and everything else. Like the band would show up, and mm. it was this weird thing that they did with like local schools. So they would put on a parade and all this like fun stuff. But it was a big community event; and literally everybody went. Uh, so you would get a discount on a day pass, and it was very cheap. So every summer from like age ten on. This was like the thing to do until probably we were 17. I think we stopped going maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, like prior to being able to drive, we go with our family and stuff like that. 
So in seventh grade, after having been the two Kennywood days where I was the one who just sat out all the fucking rides because I was terrified. Finally, uh, you know, we're in junior high at this point and there are some high school girls there. Yeah, you got to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we meet up with Danielle Butler and uh, a, a couple of her friends. Shout out to Danielle. Shout out to Danielle. <laughs> I immediately had a huge crush. She was two years older than me. So she was in ninth grade when we were in seventh. Uh-huh. And it was like her, Mary, or Mindy Lacino, and a couple other girls. And they, they like hung out with our group. And she like twisted my arm to go on this roller coaster. I have to tell you. I was never so in love and so happy to be in a death-defying uh, event in my life. Mm-hmm. And from that day on, it was just like, I love Kennywood. I love roller coasters. And this is the dream. You this- still love them today. I do. Yeah. Wow. Most things I've come I to find. I loved them. I mean, I loved any sort of thrill-seeking thing when I was younger. And now now I feel like my body has caught up to me a sure. bit in my old age. You got abused a little bit. I, I mean, I, in, I say that in jest, but I also really did put my body through the ringer. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I'm concussed. I've had alcohol poisoning a bunch of times. Right. My organs are probably failing to You're some You're in your degree. healing phase. You know, so I... I I can't really party like I used to I, on the roller coasters. <laughs> like <laughs> that one was sad because I actually did really like roller coasters, but they just make my brain shake around. Theme too park much. dates are a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't been on one in many, many years, so I don't know if it still applies at this age. But mm-hmm. I know, like in my twenties, that was definitely like a good time. Yeah, I remember we went to Dorney Park when I was in seventh grade, and it was before like camera phone Mm. so i had my point and shoot like digital camera and i was just recording myself like with straight face because i thought it was like so hilarious because for us it was fucking disposable cameras and we had to like sweat it out like we would take all these pictures during kennywood day Uh and would have this anxiety of like did they come out well and i can't wait to see them and would have to wait like a month to get them back yeah my friends got kicked out because they were like they were the kids that were like in the photos that they take, like pulling up their shirts and like rubbing their nipples in the, in the photo and stuff. Sure. So they got kicked off the trip. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, I think every disposable camera role that I got back from like the age of 17 on had uh, a dick or a tit. Yeah on it yeah like someone steals an, un- an unidentified yeah. dick or tit you're just like who's who's is that mm-hmm. i would love to know you never never find out nope oh what a good trip down memory lane <laughs> uh very fitting actually considering the trip i'm actually taking later this afternoon is to go meet six of my best friends from high school uh it's have you ever seen the movie um grown-ups with adam sandler yeah. david spade that's what this trip is 100 percent going okay. to be Will like, we get some video footage? I'll do my best. Uh, I really want to get off the grid as much as humanly possible the yeah. next five days. Well, in alone, they have cameras. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> that is, <laughs> they that can is do true. it. You can do it. <laughs> Very fair. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, we even have like the same cast of characters as, as the movie Grown Ups. Uh-huh. Like, I, I just envision a lot of... Uh, a lot of glory days being relived Mm -hmm. a lot of attempting to do things that a younger version of yourself could have done uh you know like getting blacked out drunk right it's a little different when you get blacked out at 40 yeah i bet the hangovers are not 
Well, no, but I got to tell yeah. you, uh, even just the behavior while you're blacked out, very different. Really? Yeah, yeah. In I mean, way? Uh, I noticed that, that at 40-ish, you know, like I haven't seen these guys in a year or two, so like let's call it somewhere in your late 30s. Mm -hmm. Getting blacked out drunk turns a lot more emotional. Really? Than it, yeah. I think like when you're blacked out in your 20s, yeah. you just want to do you stupid just shit. rage out. Yeah, like bash your head through a window, do right. something like really yeah. impulsive. Breaking beer bottles on your head. Yeah, yeah. now it's a little bit more like... <laughs> I miss you guys, man. Oh That's how it is with like girls. Yeah. Maybe it goes the opposite, and right. women in their forties, when they get blacked out, are like raging, yeah, yeah, yeah. bashing their heads into walls, looking for the last guy at two a.m. at yeah. the bar. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think yeah. that's true. I think you're right. I think it actually does go yeah. the exact <laughs> reverse order because that's us at twenty-two right. for sure. And then now you guys are the sentimental ones. Yeah, and sadly, I was sober throughout all of it. Right. So uh, yeah. I was never taking anyone home at 2 a.m., and now I have to suffer through all this blabbering uh -huh. <laughs> and tears. And I it's know. just like, and get you your shit together, Sally! Do you notice when you are around a bunch of people drinking and you get like, it gets to a point in the night when you see the lights go off behind their eyes? Oh, yeah. And then you're like, okay, it's probably time for me to go to bed. <laughs> yes, I'm going to yes. hear the same sentence about 15 more times. The... <laughs> Uh, that actually might be the most intolerable thing about uh, people who are like drinking excessively. It's it's They're very eating. rarely the behavior or like them saying something out of line or whatever. Mm. It's like I can live with all of that. Yeah. Because, you know, I see what's going on here. I can take it with a grain of salt. It's the repetitiveness it's so repetitive. and their ex expectation for me to be like an active listener. Yeah. And you're like, they expect you to react as if it's the first time you're hearing right. it. Right. Because they think it is. Right. And like, but they've said it about 15 <laughs> times. And the second that you like zone out, they're so offended. It's like, come on, man. You've been it's running like, me through the how fucking are you ringer. How rare that I've zoned out? Like, you're blacked out. <laughs> but somehow you know that I'm not listening to the 15th yeah. time that you've said right. it. You're just like really dialed in <laughs> yeah. right now. To yeah. the fact that, like, you just cannot imagine that I just stopped caring at right. some point throughout this conversation. I know. It's that I've talked about this with my other friends, like, who don't drink. And it's like, there is like a certain, it's like usually around 3 a.m. Yeah. And there's a certain tipping point then everyone just gets way too drunk to deal with and right that's yeah, when yeah it's time to turn it in uh given that you have both perspectives would you say that there is a different persona for yourself whenever it comes to like drunk melissa versus sober? oh yeah i mean by a lot so uh let's take that one step further now like when you're when you're seeing somebody yeah um they obviously have to juggle that w would you say that there is a certain way that drunk melissa needs to be handled or catered to <laughs> yeah i mean but i was like well it because I, I had different it depended like i had different modes when i was drinking whether if i was in an angry mode there's mm -hmm. a different way you should handle that if, right. if i was in like a, a horny mode <laughs> there's a way to handle that sure. i was in like a, a some are a little more intuitive you know, than others yeah so there was different you know it was pick your and it was sort of like russian roulette they didn't know what they were right. gonna get was i gonna scream at them was i going to get naked in public like you just don't know <laughs> okay you're a bit more of a wild card than i'm accustomed to dealing with uh, yeah no i'm not like i i think in the for the most part like there was uh sometimes i would try and get in fights in public or whatever yeah um yeah i think 
there is definitely a way to handle the drunk me versus the non-drunk me. But I would advise if anyone sees the drunk me to run. (laughs) 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 Because it's not going to end well for either of us. You're you're just like a gremlin who was fed after midnight. Save yourself. (laughs) Because it's not going to end well. Uh, We were having this conversation, or I was having this conversation. Uh, I don't want to out anyone. But... um, and it was basically discussing like how when you really like somebody uh, that, you know, that that's still a version of them, but right. it's not going to be in alignment with the rational ver- side of them. Yeah. And I was just kind of explaining when like, drunk. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of explaining like, you know, having dated a lot of we'll call it. Party girls. No, no. Actually, oh, no. quite the opposite. Okay. But more so, like, uh, a little crazy. Okay, yeah. A little crazy. Sure. And that gets amplified when you're drinking. Yeah. You know, like, the crazy hot scale, I've yeah. done pretty well at finding girls on the yeah. exact line. Yes. And what drinking does is allow them to play hopscotch with that line. Yeah, I mean, I was actually discussing this, the hot crazy matrix thing, because I'm like, well, it, I understand what it's like. It's almost like you want to see how far you can sure. go, and I think the hotter how much, a girl how much, is, how uh, much leeway do you get right. based off your looks? Yeah, and hot, to be the crazy. hotter a girl is, the more he's likely to put up with her being crazy. Yeah. So that's sort of, I think, where that comes from because it's, I think it's natural that we'll sort of push the boundaries of yeah, what, yeah. what will be allowed in our behavior, and then it's up the guy to have his own boundaries, and that's sort of like. So what I was kind of explaining, uh, so this is the YouTube clip, not the best reference the point, no actually. Zone. <laughs> uh, this clip is actually very funny, but it's actually not the best reference. They ripped it off from How I Met Your Mother. And oh, that's right. Barney yeah. does just a fantastic yeah. bit with this. Um, but what I was explaining uh, in this conversation is that you as the sober guy have a very different responsibility when you care about someone for sure than if you were a drinker yourself and it's kind of a privilege because what happens if you're just getting drunk alongside the girl is you just get to be equally toxic to one another yeah and then deal with the fallout somewhere else down the line right and it always comes Mm -hmm. like the fallout will be there (laughs) but it's pushed back right Mm -hmm. as the sober guy you kind of get to mitigate the toxicity you will you become like a a babysitter to some degree but it's also like uh to the level of your choosing and i had to learn the hard way so it was nice to have the conversation of like look let me give you some of the life lessons that i've picked up dating hot crazy girls yeah and it's a when they drink uh their insecurities bubble to the surface very quickly yeah so you need to be able to very very quickly identify them and you're Yes. You're putting you're putting yourself together every day. Right. You're not gonna let them see your you're gonna let them see you break. Right. Like I'm not gonna let them see me crack. But then they have a drink and they're like, "You hate me." Right. Exactly. So you're bottle wine deep. (laughs) Yes. I saw the way you looked at that waitress. (laughs) Yes, hundred percent. So I was like, "Look, what what you need to understand is that everybody's insecure in some capacity, and alcohol brings it out. Mm -hmm. And you, as the significant other." You are the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> so you it's existing. Yes. Is not correct. <laughs> like you even just breathing. Yeah. Is and then the we'll bring up stuff that happened like months ago. A hundred percent. You know, I was thinking about that time that like, <laughs> you liked that person's photo on Instagram, and I was thinking about it, and I bet you do that all the time. Right. So right. <laughs> so it becomes this. It becomes this like understanding of okay. 
the more you get to know them, obviously, the more you'll be able to hone in on like what the exact insecurities are. And you'll mm-hmm. be able to mitigate it and prevent it ahead of time. But if you're not to that point yet yeah. and you're kind of finding out for the first time, yeah. which I've been in this, I've been in front of this tractor trailer a lot and I haven't gotten out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you basically have to have like some protocols in place of as you're identifying it. Okay. What will ease this situation? Yeah. Right. So if you so, see somebody, so a lot of times food is good. Yes. Yeah. Drunk girl. Anything that shows you care. Yeah. Anything that like demonstrates to them that they are in a secure place when they're around right. you. I think is a really good approach yeah. and it's hard because you're already your patients are worn thin well and you're you're like on the stoic side of things so i think that that That's could true. probably cause um a drunk girl to like push even harder for like, sure i'm gonna make him crack <laughs> <laughs> yes this this is for sure true because like uh drunk girls love pda yeah and stoic sober guys do not right so this is already going to be uh, a bit of a an issue to begin mm-hmm. with um, but yeah, it's like if you if you recognize that somebody feels like some sense of abandonment or some sense of uh, feeling less than or whatever, doing anything that demonstrates to them that you're there yeah. and that they're secure with you eases the tension immediately. For sure. And also drunk people have uh, like short attention spans. Yes. So you can kind of distract <laughs> them pretty easily and like just like, oh, let's not talk about that anymore. Which brings <laughs> me to my second point. The biggest mistake you can make mm. is trying to rationally talk it out. Oh, yeah. Don't do that because they're going to barely remember it. And it's going to be the most infuriating conversation. Them not remembering it? Least of your concerns. Yeah. The fight that ensues is one that you don't recommend on your uh, worst enemy. I would wake up from being drunk some days and like... I would just have a vivid memory of screaming at my significant other, but no clue what we were right. screaming about. So I would wake up and be like, um, hi, I remember screaming at you. Right. Is everything okay? Yes. And they're like, you like threatened to break up with me. Yeah. Like you always, the relationship's always in jeopardy when they're drunk. Uh huh. If you don't, if you don't follow these protocols, yeah. the relationship will always be in jeopardy. You as the sober person are feeling like you're at your wits end mm-hmm. and about to lose something that you care so desperately about. So you put all of your energy into that only to find out the next day. That it was all for yeah, naught. It was just a show. It was all a show. <laughs> it was a lot of just like things that are in that headspace floating yeah, around. It's sort of like not passing like a through a filter to the brain and yeah. just sort of mixed it all together and it just spewed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it just came out all at once. And so what ends up happening is the next day, if you fell victim to trying to rationally discuss this while drunk, uh-huh. uh, is a very flippant, huh? Well, it's so weird because I don't even care about that. Yeah, like, I, I don't care about it. S- sorry, sorry about yeah. that. Like, you know, just, just a very casual, like, sorry. Meanwhile, like, you just had the worst experience of your life, and you're just like, sorry. I know. You're sorry. My, this happened when I was. I in hate you. Like, my college boyfriend. Um, he he didn't drink that night, but I went out and like got blacked out with my friends from high school, and then I came back my dorm and they wouldn't let me in it was this whole thing and i started this whole scene and he was down there trying to like litigate for me but i was not doing him any favors and i was like they want to send me to the hospital like they don't know how many drugs i've done in my whole life like they don't think i can handle my shit <laughs> like just making this whole scene and they had to call the police because i wouldn't get it in the ambulance sure, and then sure. the police took hours to come and he's just like stone sober like just dealing with all of this. And then the next day I'm like 
I think I had a concussion because I fell out of the Uber face first onto my head. <laughs> so I was like puking. I mean, I was hungover too, but I was also super dizzy and I had to sign for a new apartment lease. So I'm like puking on the subway. Right. And, he, and he's just like, I can't deal with the, like, this is insane. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. It was like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? What? I mean, I, nothing. It doesn't seem like it was that bad. He's like, it was bad. You weren't even, <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I think that, like, I, I think then there becomes, like, this massive disconnect where they can never understand what it's like mm-hmm. to be sober in that situation, yeah. and you can never understand what it's like to be drunk right. and then sober the next day. Yeah, I mean, I know both. So sure. now if I, de- like... You have a very unique perspective. Yeah, because I know the extremes of both. But I, my friend, like, my best friend from high school, he got sober when we were uh like 15 mm-hmm. and he like i've seen him date several different train wrecks through, right. since then now he's with a really nice girl but like the, it was just crazy watching him because he's very like stoic too and he would just be sitting there while they're just like screaming at him and he's like yep it's all right It'll yeah be okay <laughs> and that's the last thing that uh i basically advise that like you really have to find a, a a centered self yeah worth uh uh like with, with within intrinsically right not externally with her because the last thing about these type of of women um well i i, sh- I should say uh, this coincides is on top of all the the negative things that we just said they're a blast yeah when drunk yeah so much fun they're so outgoing they're flirty they are so fast to yeah. demonstrate like how much they care and like mm-hmm. all these other things but don't flip them <laughs> that and also they have no boundary so yeah. you are going to be in a group scenario where they're just making out all over you <laughs> well that yes but also uh, a lot of all those things that we just described uh-huh. the group will get to experience too so she'll be fun with the group she'll be flirting right. with the group and you really have to find a center where you're just like this is fine. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. I don't That's care. Just ha- it's normal. She's she's leaving with me. There is no reason for me to overreact. Mm-hmm. And that is a very difficult thing for a young man who is like just experiencing this for maybe the first or second time. Yeah. To really understand. Right. I struggled, ter- especially like being an argumentative person. Especially if you're not used to being around drunk people. Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, uh, that was something that was never a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always the DD. My friends would get front row hammered drunk when we would go out. Like, they were the most extreme, absurd people on earth. And it's like, I had a lot of hot friends that were girls also. So I got to see it from the perspective of one in the group rather yeah. than like her significant other. And, uh, you know, full circle, like, it just made me fully understand the entire dynamic at play where it was like, oh, well, when I was the guy in the group of friends, I literally felt bad for her significant other. Yeah. And it's like, well, now when you're the significant other, you just know that like, they have a little bit of empathy for you. Yeah. They know that you're, you're, she can be a little bit of a hot mess at times, but like, she's an amazing person for whatever reason, everything else. Uh, so it, it was one of those things that was, probably easier for me to navigate that aspect of it where it's like well i'm self-confident enough to know that like if there was any danger whatsoever of her just randomly making out with somebody else here or leaving then it's done yeah and i can easily walk away from that uh the more difficult part was biting my tongue 
when the fights were being picked. I can't imagine that you had an easy time. Took a lot of relationships yeah. failing yeah. for me to realize like yeah. fighting back like, is she, not the she's way. She's being so illogical. I have to correct this. And it's like, yeah, she's blacked out. She is going to be illogical. I mean, yeah. I, I've dealt with that from like dating guys who drink as a sober person. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're not always so charming and fun. I would imagine with guys, it's it's two very prevalent things that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's two totally different personality types, but it probably stems from the same place. It's just the way it comes out differently. One is the overly insecure, uh, like constantly blabbering and spewing, like, why are you even with me? I don't understand. Oh, like, God. Like oh, that, my God. That type. I haven't been with that one. That one would scare the shit out of me. Though. That's good. Yeah. Uh, the other one would be the type that just goes like full bravado. Yes. Where it's just like chest puffing, wants to start fight. Are yes. you looking at my girl kind of thing? That's what I've dealt with. It seems yes. like it stems from the same root. It is. Uh, it's just a different yeah. like, you know, Yeah, or personality they're just type. a mess and they're, you know, falling. And yeah. They're being, you know, they're puking and it's just like, okay. There aren't enough like funny drunks out there. No, no. You know, the type that just get, like, absolutely blacked out, and they are just a sheer joy. I find uh, Marley to be the funniest drunk I've ever been around. Bro. <laughs> I, I she actually is, love being around she her. And I don't like being around drunk people. so out of line. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Like, kiss my pants laughing when she drinks. She's, she's amazing. She's absolutely great. Like, I don't, and I really don't, and sh like, she'll even get, like, super drunk, and it doesn't bother me at all. Like, sure. there's, but there's, I do notice, like, with certain people, because also, like, I grew, I grew up around, like, the toxic type of drinking, so I, I think I have a, a bit of a radar for it, mm -hmm. so I can tell, sort of, when someone might have a problem with drinking, and that, being around that person really, like, freaks me out. Yeah, yeah, Just from an unconscious level, like, yeah. I just feel unsafe. But around Marley, I'm just like, she is so funny. No, like, she's a blast, but like, she almost more so than anybody else has made me feel very uncomfortable <laughs> when she's drunk. Like, she just has no I know. fucking if, filter. Especially if we're in public and there's like people around and she just will be doing the funniest shit. Like, she just started growling at a random group of like 21 year old tourists like got, like growling like a dragon and yeah. they all started screaming yeah this 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 fits yeah this definitely tracks for sure yeah she uh she's one of the funniest drunks i've been around um <laughs> that's a good place to end <laughs> uh so one bit of news that popped off today that i think is worth mentioning um ludwig released a youtube video today about how he was scammed over $100,000. I was curious. Melissa sent it to the group, decided to watch it. First and foremost, what a fantastic storyteller. Amazing. Just incredible. Yeah. I mean... That video flew by. It was 20 minutes, I and I, like, watched it brushing my teeth. I know. I was, I was just, like, doing something else, and I, I was like, whoa, that's, like... Yeah. Really flew by. Just really, really fantastic at storytelling. I understand how he has the following that he has. Um, I... I think it's important to get the information out that the video portrayed, which is basically that um, the long and short of it is that he was scammed by the same person who scammed Rampage, which uh -huh. is Grayson. Grayson. Don't even know his last name. Probably should. Um, Disney uh, something. Claims to be a voice actor for Disney. <laughs> uh, like he's, he, when he, in Ludwig's video, he says that Grayson 
did a bit of a voice act for him and he did spongebob but he's not the voice of spongebob is he as far as i know no <laughs> and, <laughs> and ludwig's like well that's a six out of ten but yeah. like i guess maybe <laughs> this is possible you just did a spongebob impression to be right like, yeah i think it was his way of proving that he's a voice actor in general oh, i guess you could copy spongebob yeah. in a six out of ten way yeah. yeah but it seems seems weird yeah, uh weird. anyway long and short of it is basically like um you know it, it worked the way all scams work he built up some trust by uh, getting Ludwig to give him a small amount of money, he gave him a return on that small amount mm -hmm. of money, and then he got him they to give him- They just met at like a table game somewhere. Yeah, yeah. they were just gambling in Vegas, uh, and you know, Ludwig's not exactly sharp in the gambling community. Right, he mentioned that he had brought a lot of money with him. Yeah. <laughs> so this is maybe not what you want to do yeah. when you first meet someone gambling. Right, I'm a big star on YouTube, yeah. like, I you know, you might've heard of me. with me yeah. this time, I usually don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he was ripe for the picking, to say the least. Uh, Grayson then basically got him to send him uh, a small amount of money. He sent that money back, plus a yeah, return. Yeah, it sounded like he was going to stake him yeah, for gambling. for, like, gambling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then convinced him to send a very large amount of money, 50000 in crypto, for a big sports bet on the French Open. And mm -hmm. now apparently, uh, as the story goes, Grayson made this sports bet on the French Open, won it for a large sum, like 150K, mm -hmm. um, didn't pay Ludwig. And apparently Ludwig found out that he had been in debt uh, with somebody else and used the money to fund his debt. Yeah. So And he saw Rampage's tweet. Correct, yeah. And was like, wait, he scammed someone out of $1,000? He right. owes me 100K. Like 100 and something, yeah. <laughs> So, um, long story short, basically Ludwig concluded that Grayson's probably a problem gambler. Mm -hmm. uh, they agreed on a retribution, sort of, I guess, where uh, Grayson would self-ban from all casinos in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Ludwig said he has enough information to go forward to the FBI and probably get Grayson uh, arrested and potentially, um, you know, see some time out of this. Mm -hmm. I actually reached out and dm ludwig heavily encouraging him to follow that pursuit uh i think it's rare in this community that somebody who scams has enough um evidence. information or evidence against them yeah where we can actually pursue charges uh whether it's civil or or um uh criminal, criminal i don't care mm -hmm. right like i would just like to see some precedent set uh against scammers like this and you know ludwig's uh he's a young bleeding heart kind of guy where he's like oh, this guy's 23 he made some mistakes yeah fifty thousand is not gonna break me like right. i'm a wealthy youtuber kind of thing it's like i get it but like real world uh actual applications here fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money yeah and if he was willing to scam you for that much he's scamming other people i he, mean he's already he's a, scammed other people yeah so. and it, like it doesn't get smaller from there right it only gets larger Facts, if you can get yeah. away with a six-figure scam you're gonna look for find a way to get away with a seven-figure scam yeah uh, so I do think that like there's some onus on Ludwig to maybe move forward and press charges. I, I really do, do hope that he reconsiders here. Um, you know, this guy's self-banning and cleaning his well, he life said up. He's, he's in touch with other people that like other people, I'm sure more people are reaching out to him about mm -hmm. getting scammed by this guy. He might see that there's like enough people like maybe okay, this as time passes, though, it becomes harder to, to pursue charges. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that like it'd be good to act swiftly and act diligently. Yeah. Um, but I understand where he's coming from. Uh, I personally don't agree with his choice, but I get it. Uh, I think it's very, very fucking generous of him. Yeah. Like, he's not getting his money back, and he's letting this guy keep his freedom. That's that's pretty fucking generous. Right. So, you know. Also, it, like, if, him, if he's self-banning from casinos, I mean, he's going to find other ways to 
scratches itch. Oh, for sure. And he'll scam people to sure. do that. You don't so. need a casino to fucking gamble. Right. That's very like clear. He's clearly dealing with like Instagram bookies and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very high probability that this guy's floating around in some of the clubs uh, in poker. Right. I'm sure that he's doing a lot of online sports betting and not paying. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is the last that we've heard of Grayson. No. Put it that way. Grayson, Grayson, when will you learn? Tisk, tisk, young tisk, man. Tisk, Grayson. Get and your shit together. Apparently, the bruises were fake. Sure. Someone saw him yeah. allegedly the next that day. day with yeah. that. I mean, it looks like lipstick. Grayson, you got to get a bruise kit. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the Tinder swindler? Have you seen any of these documentaries? They use bruise kits. My enemies, they're yeah, after you gotta, me. You got to get step up your game because if you're going to do this, do it right. We don't want to see half-assed lipstick on your forehead. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Who's punching you in the middle of your forehead? That was who punches in the middle of a forehead. That was really the telltale sign, wasn't it? Yes. And second of all, that's lipstick. It's shiny. Yeah. And it's glossy. It's the color of berry. I hear you. Gotta use a bruise kit, Grayson. I do hear you. Um Let's get into the shits a little bit. Uh I was gonna talk a little more poker, but we can save it. We need we need some meat on the bone for the rest of the week. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Twitter, because why Twitter not? Twitter drama. Uh, well, before we get into the drama, I want to talk about uh, a poll that I put out. I guess this was last Friday. I got a lot of likes on my response to that. <laughs> so funny. Like, <laughs> you didn't fucking even respond. <laughs> I know. I like literally did not even qualify as a response. No, yeah. Like, you, you broke every rule. I know. And every single rule I broke. And honestly, actually, let's talk about that because yeah. this, is, this is very <laughs> indicative. Beverages. This, this is very indicative, in my opinion, as to why everybody who answered this fucking poll was a goddamn liar. Uh huh. Okay, so you replied with. <laughs> let, let me see if I can find your, your actual reply. My reply was. Something along the line. Of Diet Coke. <laughs> it was Diet Coke, Outback Prime Rib. Um, some some sort of mayo. Guapo, can you scroll down or is that a screenshot? Okay. Uh, yeah, it was Japanese mayo, Outback Prime Rib, Diet Coke, Oatly, and starbucks venti ice bon oat milk latte yeah you put oatly in there and then the <laughs> starbucks which contains oatly yeah. after the well, fact it's a different you know sure yeah yeah. yeah so uh of the things that you said i think none of them actually <laughs> qualify maybe the prime rib but that has ingredients on it well yes yes uh, prime rib would probably be fine be outback prime rib probably outback. not why because it, it's it's almost certain to be uh, cooked in a manner that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't allow it to be okay. one ingredient any longer. Uh, so to catch everybody up, what the poll was, were, uh, or the question that was presented is, if you were offered life-changing money uh, for you to consume only five whole foods, i.e. each food had a single ingredient for an entire year, do you feel like you would thrive, survive, or fail? Um, and as you can see, Thrive overwhelmingly won. Now, uh, after the fact, a lot of the conversation I was having with people like Ike and a few others was that, uh, and maybe I should just ask you before I tell you what the conversation was, what's your interpretation of Thrive in this scenario? Um, like able to still sort of like do your life and feel happy and good, maybe even better than before. Like do all of the regular things that you do and during that year, you're yeah, saying, and it's right? not really like it's not taking away from your life. Like you're 
you're thriving. You're yes, doing, you're I wholeheartedly agree with you. More than expected. Right, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That's what I had in mind whenever I said thrive, mm-hmm. is that uh, it doesn't interrupt your day-to-day. Yeah. It actually amplifies and betters your right. day-to-day. And uh, in a general sense, like, it's it's better than tolerable. Yeah. Right? Like, I would say tolerable would be, like, the bare minimum qualification right. for beginning to thrive, right? Yeah, and it when it comes like removes barriers to thriving that you had before. Yes, correct. When when you say survive, the idea is that like of course you'll succeed, but it's going to be a painful year. Yeah. Right? And to me like I thought that was abundantly clear. Yeah. Uh and what everybody in the thread well not everybody, but like what Ike and a few others in the thread were saying is that when you say life-changing money, uh that is enough motivation to where people will trick their brain mm-hmm. into um basically believing that they can thrive throughout this process. And he gave a few examples of saying like, well, if you offer me life-changing money, I would hire a chef. I would, I would basically do a bunch of things to make the day-to-day uh, regiment easier. Yeah. And my rebuttal to that is like, well, I didn't think that the difficulty here was going to be inconvenienced by any stretch. Right? Like, it's only five foods. Yeah. How inconvenient could it be? Yeah. The, the difficulty is the mundane nature of it, the fact that you're restricted, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you have barriers and boundaries now. You can't just eat that thing you're craving. Right. Otherwise you lose. Yeah. And there's no way to hack that. There's absolutely no hack that exists. There's no amount of money that exists that can make you stop wanting an item that isn't on the list, mm-hmm. that can make you somehow uh, not bored with eating the same five foods over and over and over again. Uh, And we basically kind of landed on an agreement that we're defining thrive differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I don't, and and you know what, to be fair, given the poll results, I think more people think like him than me. Yeah. Because how on earth do 44% of people, almost 6,500 people voted? This is is 3,000 plus people. I feel like people just sort of click buttons on holes and before they think yeah maybe about I, it. yeah it's obviously not perfectly scientific because like they'll just sort of be like oh yeah i'd crush that thrive and then they like don't think about it well what i really wanted to come of this was bets i i would oh. love well, yeah. i would no fucking one, clean up you, yeah i know but that that's like your dream you have a war on food so it's like, <laughs> well it's not a war on food uh and honestly like so i ran a follow-up poll uh basically saying like you know if, if you were uh, to qualify, do you believe that your strategy when it comes to food is eating to live, living to eat, or um, uh, you craving variety? Uh, so like basically like trying to find the health. I didn't, I didn't word it that way because I think that would obviously make variety the, the easy choice. Yeah. Like if you make it sound like you get to both eat healthy and uh, consume whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, however i worded it basically um it made the choices feel relatively equal eat to live was a landslide yeah i feel like i uh actually noticed this lately since i'm trying to like be in a calorie calorie surplus mm-hmm. is i think i do generally eat to live because i don't really like eating that much like i think i i well, I have to tell you, this really contradicts your stance of I'm in a war versus food. I know, but it's it's weird. But I, I it's like I I sort of 
now that I'm like seeing it as like a, a part of a goal because mm -hmm. I want to like, a, I have a certain like body goal and everything. I want to like gain more. Now it's, I'm seeing it more as like a chore than sure. before where it was just like, oh, this is like, this tastes good. This tastes good. But now it's like, I have to eat. So now I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me stick a pin in that for one second because mm -hmm. uh, I found the poll. So I wrote function, pleasure, or convenience. And they actually came back relatively close. 34% was eat to live. So it's function, parentheses, eat to live. Yeah. Uh, pleasure was 31% live to eat. And convenience, quick and easy, was 27%. So I think uh, what you're speaking to is what I've always been arguing. And, yeah. and not, the, not the chore part. Right. Um, but more so like... If we interchange this with a million other things that we do daily to survive, I don't think any of us would ever say like, oh my God, yeah, I live to do that thing. Like if we said- Like I live to sleep. Yes, or brush your teeth yeah. or shower. Yeah. Like who derives so much pleasure from these things? And that's all, I know you say it's a war against food, but it's <laughs> not. It's a war against romanticizing food, yeah. right? Because in my mind, it's not healthy. The people who say, like, I love food. Mm -hmm. I love to eat. <laughs> yeah. I love to cook. Now, cooking, I think, is a little bit different. Yeah. Because I do think that there's... It's a skill and an art. It's a, a science. It's yeah. an art. It's, it's, it's a craft mm -hmm. in and of itself. Uh, and it's not done necessarily with the idea of abundance and consumption. Yeah. Right? But when people, like, frame it so romantically as though like food is the driver in their life yeah it's very difficult and challenging for me uh as somebody who sees us as these meat rockets yeah. on this earth that are built to do certain tasks and have the luxury of being able to think mm -hmm. uh consciously and and operate in a way that is bigger than everything else on this planet it's very challenging for me to think that we're reduced to a consumption model yeah no, I understand that. I, and I am, I am understanding that actually more now that I'm like working out more because I just now it's more, it is more fuel. Like I know if I eat like shit, my workout will suck the next day. Yeah. Like I know if I don't eat enough, like that's sort of a wasted workout because it's not going anywhere. So right. it's like a weird thing now that I'm seeing it more as like a function rather than a pleasure. I mean, having lived with you this, this long, the irony to me is that I would have never qualified you as uh, live to eat no right but like you fought so hard for that because i think from my vantage point uh there was this romantic idea yeah because i like to cook sure sure so i i see the beauty in food and everything but i do think that my mindset is different from people who would live to eat because and i've never really like food like even when i was little like i ate like a, a bird my parents would have to like section off food that i had to finish because yeah. i wanted to go and do other stuff like yeah, my yeah. brain just doesn't like to sit still and eat for that long right so yeah no i think i think the live to eat is definitely way more like extreme than my perception of yes it. like, like my version people who of qualify themselves as foodies not like normal people right people eat. who qualify themselves as foodies it, it doesn't just end at they don't want any restrictions on their diet it goes a step further where uh they're actually in pursuit of decadence of yeah. variety of abundance of overconsumption, right? right 
And like, those are all things that when it comes to health and wellness and, uh, you know, food as we view it. Food starts to control them. Yes. And then they have to fight against it. Right. Sort of. And like, that's all of the things that I'm vehemently against. Yeah. Like, I think that's where as uh, consumerism gets more and more profound in this country, we begin to fail day over day because the government is so in bed with large food conglomerates the corn industry yeah and they profit from us being addicted to consuming right whether it's you know content or news or food or whatever it is in 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 excess yeah yeah and you know uh it's difficult not to to parallel this to like a bit of the obesity epidemic Mm -hmm. um and that will carry us into another conversation but before we segue uh i do want to point out that like with almost half of the people answering this poll saying that they would thrive, uh, and you know the the joke of me being in a war versus food, and I only eat a couple <laughs> yeah. things anyway, I probably eat this way ninety percent of my life, mm-hmm. like uh, at least in recent years. Uh, and moving forward, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Where I consume under ten ingredients for sure, mm-hmm. probably ninety percent of my meals, and yeah. I cheat. What it's I would just qualify like cheese, as- eggs, and meat. Yeah, I mean, largely yeah. uh, beans and oats and, yeah. you know, but basically like I'm choosing only whole foods mm-hmm. and there isn't a lot of variety. And there's been a lot of arguments of, well, humans need to eat uh, variety in order to say how it's like, okay, well, that was true uh, when we didn't know anything about the foods and we yeah. were discovering, but we can obviously optimize. Like there's nothing about, it, it's not like deriving nutrients from a solo source. Right. If those nutrients are complete, yeah. make any fucking difference than if it came from a different source with the same nutrient panel. Yeah. I right? also think your body will kind of tell you what. Yes, you need this is to very eat. true. Like it's sort of like, oh, I'm craving something fatty, like I'm low on fat. Right. You know, and then just like finding exactly. a source of that that is within. What yeah, you and, and when you're picking out your five foods here, it's very critical that you do make sure you cover all your bases. But it can certainly be done, especially mm-hmm. like we were. I was giving the the leeway of if you pick beef, you get to eat the cow nose to tail. Right. It's like okay, well, organ meat, bones, marrow, all that stuff. You're gonna you're gonna get the full scope of what you need to accomplish simply from this source. And yeah. now you can get your fiber and vitamins from from elsewhere, or whatever. Um, but the the major point that I want to make here is uh, a I think variety is massively over overrated, and like that's where you could frame the whole war on food. Mm-hmm. But B, I eat like this probably ninety percent of the time, and the ten percent I don't, I gorge on shit. It's just yeah, like no, cookies, ice do. cream, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, w- with me saying that, if I'm saying that like maybe one in thirty days, uh, or maybe even less frequently than that, one in sixty days, uh-huh. I just absolutely destroy myself on trash. Yeah, I would. I would have answered this poll survive. And I think that I actually would fail, even with life-changing money on the line, I would probably fail somewhere around 20%. Mm. I think it's that hard. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it is too. I, I mean, at a certain point, you just like don't want to eat the same shit over and over. I think if we, if we took 6,500 people, uh, even if it's the exact 6,500 we answered, and we ran this experiment for one year, mm. I think it's like a 10% success rate. Yeah. There was like a couple months when I was like super broke when I was working in retail, and I think I ate rice and beans like every day for and i by the end like i couldn't eat rice for like a year i was like i can't even <laughs> i never look get that way rice. like it's just like oh i don't want to eat this anymore and the, i would start the putting only two things there, there's only two foods that i actually have to cycle out and and work back in so i just usually try to do them off of one another it's eggs and chicken 
Yeah. Something about eggs and chicken, uh, it, they become very unappetizing to me if I consume them every single day for mm. like a super long duration. Yeah. Nothing else is that way. I feel that way with eggs. I can rotate though. Like I'll rotate beef, chicken, and shrimp basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think the thing with eggs and chicken is the prep. Uh, the way they're both prepared, like chicken to me, working with chicken is disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. It, feel, it, it feels always like contaminated. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and with eggs, it's like, uh, I can actually go a lot longer on eggs than I can with chicken because I can use it as, in addition to. Mm -hmm. So I can like, if I'm eating beans and rice, I can eat beans, eggs, and rice. Yeah. Uh, and it goes really well. I can pair it with a carb. I you can, can pair also it. cook them different ways. Yeah. So. There, there's a lot of versatility to eggs. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, with raw chicken, like just having to deal with it, it's, it's so... I ugh. know. One time I was watching How It's Made and the chicken episode came on while okay. I was eating KFC. <laughs> and I like almost like didn't eat chicken for like months because it was, it just grossed me out so much. Like just like, I was like, ew, I'm eating that right now. What? It wasn't the one with like the McDonald's chicken nuggets. No, where... it was like just like the chicken. Okay. The Have you ever and... seen like the pink slime one? Yeah, I've seen that. That's enough to make. I honestly, God, don't know that I've eaten fast food since. Yeah. That was 15 gross, years but ago. I'll, maybe. But also eat a chicken nugget. I mean, chicken nuggets are fucking good. good. But... I really like, the, I'm weird though. Like I, I get like two filet fish I love filet fish So good. That was all I ate from McDonald's yeah. for like from the time I was four until yeah. the time I was like They're 15. so good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I grew up liking fish a lot, though. Yeah. Uh, I never liked burgers. Burgers were like a chore. Fast food burgers are gross, too. Like, they're the grossest. Wendy's were good, but it was because of the bun. When, well, the meat is okay at Wendy's. It's okay. Is it, it's, though? it's Five Guys level. Yeah, Five Guys is pretty bad. I get diarrhea I, every time I eat Five Guys. <laughs> I thought it was just the milkshake, so I didn't get a milkshake last sure, time, and yeah. it was not just the milkshake. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is, because the grease runs right through me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the grease, the whatever you want to call it. Like, it's not high quality <laughs> yeah, food, it's to not, say the it's least. Not. My stomach is not happy after I do that. And yeah. it's, a, it's a lot at once. It's really heavy. Well, the other thing is, like, I assume you always get the fries, right? Like, yeah. That's the only reason to even go to Five yeah. Guys. I mean, that's a lot of fucking peanut oil. It is. That you're consuming. And I'm not used to eating it's peanut harsh. oil. It's harsh. Yeah. It, it's so. definitely harsh. It's very inflammatory, too. So oh, it's like... Peanut oil is? Uh, peanuts in general are so... Um, a lot of legumes tend to have high inflammatory okay, products. that makes sense. Or, that's why um, I would get diarrhea. Yeah, but peanuts are like the worst. Yeah. Uh, and nutritionally, they're not all that great either. Yeah. They're, they're high in fats and a little bit of protein, but like, you know, they come with a lot of net negatives. I, I, I like to lean on black beans a little bit more when it comes to like legumes. They mm. have a better uh, or like a more complex nutritional profile. Beans? I don't like beans. They oh, when beans. you bite into it, it's like it's hard on the outside, but the inside is like a carpet. Oh, I love it. It's like fuzzy on the inside. It's not fuzzy. Yeah, it's like mush, it's mushy. mushy and fuzzy. Yeah. It feels like I'm eating a piece no, of No, it's carpet. like overnight oats. No, it's not. It's it it has a bit of a grain to it, so it feels like carpet. Like it's it's like <laughs> no one else on earth is is making some sort of analogy between beans and eating carpet. <laughs> <laughs> not in the sexual way and not in the literal way either. It's, it's like, way closer to the sexual. The outside and then you bite into it and it, you've just taken a chunk out it's of It's so much closer to eating carpet in the sexual capacity. <laughs> maybe. In, maybe. In the literal. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to be a real tough segue now. Uh, so the real tweet that I guess 
It's so funny. I put that poll out on Friday. I was like, fuck, man, this got so much traction. We are going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about like a loan during all this and everything else. It's going to be great. And by Tuesday, I just retweeted a girl who like spent three years getting in shape. And all of a sudden the internet broke. Holy shit. It's so weird. It's such an, it's like, it's such an innocent video. It's just a nice heartwarming story. So I want to, I want to pick this apart, like kind of frame by frame a little bit. What happened was uh, she got engaged and I believe she actually got married while she was, uh, what she would qualify as overweight. Like I, I'm not here to judge whatever you want. Medically. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Whatever. I I don't give a shit. She looked fine before she looks great now. Um, But the whole point is, is that she had made a decision uh, that that her husband proposing to her yeah. was a trigger to her to get her shit together, uh-huh. right? She had decided that her I can being, understand that. Yeah, of course. Look, we are all going to run into a million situations in our lives yeah. where something happens and we have a wake-up call. Yeah, well, it's like you're starting a family. It's like, do I want to, what kind of mom do I want to be? What kind of wife do I want to be? Or life, life comes in phases. Mm-hmm. What It could be turning 40. It could be... Uh, wanting to do better for a significant other. Mm-hmm. By the way, that end product is Amazing. unheard of. I've seen so many crazy transformations like on social media and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's nice. It used to be like not as popular for women to be strong and muscular and now yeah. it's like in and i'm i'm here for it. Me too. God, it's me sick too. Because when i was when i started lifting when i was like 16, it was not normal yeah. for like women to have muscle. And I was kind of weird for that. Like it was, everyone was wanted the skinny. They wanted the, the, what's it called? Hip, the thigh gap. Everyone, oh, yeah. you know, they wanted to be so out real on that thin with big boobs and blonde hair. That was like the standard when I yeah, was yeah. in high school yeah. and I was doing like CrossFit and, you know, getting, drinking two scoops of protein a day and just <laughs> getting jacked. Shitting yourself. Yeah. Just shitting and, you know, having protein farts all day and then then i got like you know i kind of distanced myself from it but now i'm getting back into it and i'm seeing all of these young like 20 year olds and they're just like jacked yes cool it's It's great because what was once probably the most negative thing that existed uh within internet culture Mm -hmm. has heavily shifted and in, in byproducts, it's because there are people out there shouting like standards need to change. But, you know, that model chic look that you were talking about was developed pre-internet. Yeah. Largely through print Kate magazine. Moss and, yeah. You know. And what the internet's actually done is turned that into a meme. Yeah. Have you ever seen like the, the meme of uh, like a girl who does CrossFit? It's like her ass versus Mc- right. Victoria's Secret's yeah. ass. It's remarkable. Like we've come so far. I think the Kardashians actually helped that a bit too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they really got it the right way, but. Well, yeah. I mean, they sort of led to more of the cosmetic surgery version of it, but they did make it so that a big butt was desirable. Yeah. That was not a thing. It used to be your butt looks big. That was an insult. I mean, speak for yourself. I grew up in a very Italian area. (laughs) Yeah. It used to be an insult. We were all about curves. I grew up around a bunch of, you know crunchy white women. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, but I, I guess, uh, there, there are so many points that I want to touch on, but I, I want to try to go in chronological order. So first of all, let's, let's, uh, take apart the video a little bit. What I saw when I watched this was a woman who basically hit her breaking point uh-huh. and something triggered that. Yeah. And that's great. I, I, I think that like, I don't know the meaning of life, 
and I don't know what the fuck we're on this earth for. But as far as I can tell, if I have no other purpose in this existence uh, other than making myself a better version of myself today than I was yesterday, mm -hmm. that's seemingly good enough. Yeah. Like that will yield some sort of wire, wider spread benefit Butterfly to all, effect. right? And the fact that like something triggered that in this woman, I think is commendable. The fact that it was getting engaged and there was a wedding uh, around it. Mm -hmm. I understand that there's a certain stigma to that and like the whole idea of like fad diets. Yes, that you're doing it for someone else that you need to crash diet right. in order to get to a certain oh, weight and right. then blow back up and yada yada. Yeah. I get that whole culture exists and the stigma exists. That's not what this video yeah, I is mean, You though. don't get to look like the way she did in her after without making a lifestyle change. Right. The most important thing that I think was overlooked was A, it seems as though she got married prior to the change. Yeah. So this wasn't about that. Right. B, she put for half of the video, 1,095 days yeah. was the commitment. And then the number of minutes and hours or whatever, it's like, I don't, I don't know what that breaks down to, but 1,095 days. Now you may gloss over that number and think like, no big deal. Mm -hmm. That is over three years. Yeah. This is a lot of goddamn time yeah. and energy. And this is not about dieting this is not about operating a caloric deficit this isn't about finding some crash diet mm -hmm. or the master cleanse right or some other bullshitty thing that we all can collectively agree on is absolutely harmful yeah. and useless to society as a whole right what this is about is a process it's about finding a process that makes you better today than mm -hmm. you were yesterday and committing to that process from now until the end of time. Yeah. And she does that. And she demonstrates it so tremendously well throughout the video. The exercising, the tough days, everything else. And the follow-up to this that wasn't obvious in the video, but her husband was also tremendously overweight. Mm -hmm. He did it with her. Yeah. He's now shredded. Like, how the fuck are we not applauding this? What is controversial here? Apparently, it leads to suicide. That that specific video. Wild, wild <laughs> to jump. me. I mean, just wild to me. So I, I mean, obviously, like this woman put this on TikTok. She hashtagged it, weight loss, like yeah. all the things, and she has a, a business off of it, right? Yeah. So like, if you go to her website, she's a trainer. She's a trainer. Uh, she does like wedding planning, like whatever. But like, are we really that upset that she is turning a very well-formulated, long-standing process into a commodity? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't under, like, I've never dealt, I've never really dealt with, like, eating disorder stuff, but I know a lot of people, like, close to me who have. I don't think that this is the video. No. The type of video that's, like, leading to them doing something drastic. Well, uh, well, maybe it I is. Mean, it I, I mean, we don't know. Don't, we can't, can't speak for that. Yeah, but right. like. But to your point, I, this I, isn't what's creating the societal yeah, standard. It's, it's bothered. You know why it's bothersome? It's because. <clears throat> and whatever. No shot to Bonimo. I don't know. I don't know him. Whatever. I don't really care. But it's just annoying because it's like women have to deal with these like beauty standards and stuff. And like you can't even like. Don't stop speaking for us. Yeah. Just stop. Because every time I see him going off on Twitter, mouthing off, you're speaking for women. And it's like, you don't know what it's like to live under beauty standards that are constantly changing and telling you your body is wrong and all this and that. 
you cannot possibly pinpoint it to a specific fitness video that's actually probably more likely to motivate somebody and say that that's causing suicides among women or whatever it is. It's like, that's so fucking ridiculous. And like, don't do that. You know, yeah. just like shut up, probably. Yeah, I, I have, I mean, you know, since we started this podcast, uh, I've, been, I've been kind of dragged into uh, a subsection of this community that I don't know if I was previously ignoring. I would say probably I was largely previously ignoring because like, Bonomo and Marley had that huge thing mm -hmm. uh, over um, Marley making a joke about like uh, sleeping with someone for a steak or whatever. Yeah. And he's saying like, you know, it's punching down and yada, yada, yada. And at the time I was dating Marley and it didn't trigger me at all. I right. just didn't care. Right. So I think largely I just let that side go heavily ignored. Yeah. Thinking like, you know what? Really intelligent people. Uh, I don't agree with the take. It's overly sensitive to me, mm -hmm. but also doesn't really matter. Uh, I, like, I just don't care. It's yeah. not something I would speak up about. But since we started the podcast and we have this platform now, uh, I've been kind of pulled into this uh, subculture a little uh, bit more. Outreach culture. Yes, yes. And what I find is that it is a lot of well-to-do people who are highly intellectual are gifted all of the 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 benefits of life, mm -hmm. be it where they're from, uh, you know, the, their their prosperity in life, their intelligence, whatever the case may be. They literally have all of the fringe benefits, and they're always advocating for people who didn't ask for it. Yeah, consistently. Yeah, it's always finding outrage in something from their Being peers for someone else for someone else uh, from their peers that look similar to them, live a similar lifestyle to them, mm -hmm. agree on major political points with them, yeah. and, uh, you know, but aren't advocating or, or being outraged on behalf of somebody else the way that they are. Yeah. And I don't understand it. I do understand wanting to platform people who don't have a platform that deserve it. Uh -huh. I do understand wanting to deplatform people who are very destructive in nature. Right. Right. I don't understand getting in the weeds of, uh, you know, basically one standard devi deviation over from what you represent. Right. It just doesn't make any I mean, sense to me. It just seems like a waste of thought power and energy. And it's like, you're clearly a bright person. You're smart. You're capable. Why are you wasting your energy making points that are absolutely nonsense? When I see that group <laughs> coming for Live Bree, I know that like we've come off the hinges. Yeah. It's just like, come on, man. She is our brightest shining star yeah. that this community has to represent. And now all of a sudden we're dragging her because you've decided that effective altruism is capitalism at its worst. And like all of these issues that are being taken, it's just like, God damn it. We have so many big things right. to concern ourselves with yeah how on earth are we landing here i don't know it's like the most it'll, it'll be like the most minute like little thing and i really just think i mean this is sort of i went i this is part of the reason i dropped out of college because this outrage culture i went to college like when that when the 2016 election yeah i was it was 
when was I? Yeah, it was, that was it was during the 2016 election. And that after that point, there was so much of that type of thing going on that I just was like, this is so what are we doing here? Like everyone was constantly getting outraged for each other. It was all this weird, like talking in circles, discussions in our classes and basically like all of the classes just becoming a huge echo chamber of the same outrage over I, and over. I think, I think you're nailing a big point here that's, that's very key and it's the outrage itself. Yeah. It's not the conversation, right? Because what comes with the outrage is the assertiveness that they're right and you're wrong. Yeah. And the, the, they're the, not open to hearing the other correct. side. Like ever. if we're being matter of fact about it, it's like, well, we're all just human living on some sort of like None gradient of scale. Know. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that was kind of what I posed to Bonomo as, as a response where, uh, you know, he was basically emphatically continually drawing the conclusion mm -hmm. that videos such as this are causal in suicide. Yeah. And I just kept saying, like, please Correlation is stop not doing that. Right. Like, stop saying that there's a causal effect to creating a motivational video and people killing themselves. Yeah. And I basically pointed out that, like, what you're doing is being distracted by uh, a shiny object when the root cause is not being addressed. People have killed themselves in societies since the dawn of time. Forever. Suicide is never... It's not a novel thing. Mm -mm. It didn't just begin. Okay? So... If uh, I basically posed the thought experiment and said, like, if you had your way and we could rid the world of any sort of societal standards mm -hmm. and pressure when it comes to physical appearance, do you think that suicide would A, drop and B, stay that sustainable low rate throughout the rest of history? Right. And the answer to A, you know, I think we could all agree would be yes, it would, it would for sure drop. But the answer to B, uh, I actually, it might have been it might not have been Bonomo that, that answered this. It might have been Tom. But either way, uh, the the implication was basically saying like I believe I think B would say stay sustainably lower. Yeah. And my counter argument is like I don't think it will because right. you're not addressing the the root cause, which is mental health. Yeah. By eliminating these triggers, people didn't get healthier in the no, brain. They're gonna be triggered by something else. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not. I'm not a clinical psychologist. I don't know anything when it comes to uh, uh, the, these big, deep human aspects that we are just as a society beginning to study and, uh, and discover when it comes yeah. to like the human brain, psychology, mental health, uh, even physical health, right? Mm -hmm. Nutrition is such a young science right now. So I'm not claiming to be an expert in any of this, mm -hmm. but... I have a passion for it and I, I try to read as much as I can on both sides and I even understand fully yeah. where this camp is coming from yeah. with the side of like women are under societal pressure. I mean, I understand that's the thing that bothers me though is that I do understand it, but he's pointing in my opinion at the wrong thing. Like Correct. I think that um, there's a lot of, you know, filtering and body modifying that goes on on social media and you see you know these teenagers and they're looking like they're like 25 year old yep. models because of the way they're editing their photos and and you know he, young girls seeing that repeatedly and repeatedly i think is much more damaging than an actual you know somebody motivated trying to motivate other people to get fit like right. and healthy like that's completely different and i just feel like it's attacking like you're 
that the issue that you're talking about is for sure real, but like point that anger at, at other things that are actually much more damaging than potentially helpful. This comes back to the outrage too, because again, as I said, with the outrage comes the assertion that they are the authority mm -hmm. and that you don't really have a leg to stand on. Right. But what's abundantly clear to me in this argument and uh, ancillary arguments that I've seen cast throughout poker Twitter is a lot of people claiming or making claims uh, that diet and nutrition and fitness are, are uh, scams. And that you're born with your genetics, and that's just like oh, the way it goes. On. I swear to God, th this is this is very commonplace. Who's saying that? I don't want to mention names no, because I don't want to. It's like people in poker saying this. Uh, yeah, but it's it's the it's the people you would suspect, right? Right. It's everybody that has us blocked. Yeah. Um. But the the point I'm trying to get at is they're conflating one very niche thing with the entire spectrum of those industries. So the niche thing that is correct is that. People who diet tend to relapse and regain all or most, if not all of the weight, okay? That is not the same though as, as nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle changes right. being a scam. Right. And anybody with any knowledge in this arena understands that. Yeah. There is a huge difference. Like when I say diet, I don't mean that for the next X amount of days, like, I'm going to consume Y. Yeah, I mean, people also, it, diet doesn't always mean deficit. Correct. Like, when I say diet, I mean my consumption daily. Yeah. And what that will look like over the aggregate, mm -hmm. right? Now, I understand that's not what the marketing uh, people mean when they say diet. So for that, I get it. You're correct. Yeah. So let's just change the phrasing. Let's change the messaging. Lifestyle, Okay. If you invest in a healthy lifestyle, like sure, if you invest in a fat diet, you are going to lose a bunch of weight. You're going to regain that weight mm. because the simple biology behind it is that operating at a caloric deficit will cause you to lose weight. However, at the biological level, what's happening is your fat cells were a certain size and they don't really shrink over a short duration of time. Yeah. So you just go into starvation mode. Yeah. And then on the back end of that, on the back end of famine comes feast. Right. So what happens is your brain is chemically programmed to want to consume to the size of your fat and cells. And to conserve and yes, store exactly. your, your Right, calories. there's, yeah, there's a lot of process. It's why you plateau. Yeah. Because throughout that process, you become a little bit more efficient. Mm -hmm. A lot of systems start to sh either shut down or work more efficiently, But then whatever. when you're in that storing mode and then you start to eat more, yes. then you're going to even gain even faster. Exactly. So it's not irreversible though, right? Over time, when you do what this woman did in this video mm -hmm. over three years yeah. and you gradually go through that process, those cells begin to shrink mm -hmm. and you create a new normal for your brain, for your body, for your consumption. Right. So to say that dieting is, uh, is a scam yeah. in a marketing sense, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, like in, selling diet you know, yes. Diet stuff. Yes. Diet the, the, the dieting and, industry yeah. is a scam. If yeah. you want to play, if you want to frame pills. it that way, I agree with you. You're hundred percent correct. But actually being mindful of the way you consume of the way that you work right. and the lifestyle that you live, you're a fucking madman. Yeah. If you think you have no control there no. and that's the narrative that's getting pushed now. Yeah. I don't like that. Of course not. It's, it's, it's very detrimental for a lot of reasons. One, it excuses very poor behavior, mm -hmm. which I don't care. Live your fucking life. Yeah. Do what you want to do. 
But, but you know what that leads to? People being unhappy and then people fucking projecting their shit all over yeah. us on Twitter. <laughs> right. And then shaming people who are doing a really good job. Yeah. And then telling people who are posting their motivation that they're being they're causing suicide. Right. <laughs> or know? dragging this woman because it's an ad. It's an ad. Yeah. It's like she's offering you coaching. Why do you think she offered to be in an ad? <laughs> why no, do you think no. she's able to make an ad that's the biggest thing yeah. is it's not like this is a corporate ad right she it's doesn't her, work it's for her company right? yeah she doesn't work it's not even a company service, her service it's literally not even a company yeah. she's just a fucking personal trainer right okay and like to think that the world would be better off without personal trainers is an asshole take yeah that's like saying the world would be better off without doctors and scientists and other industry leaders that can help you live a better life I and mean, also like what better advertisement than her own work that she Correct. did herself she's not demonstrating some sort of scam yeah she doesn't have saying, something she's mixing in a fucking look like me right like, she's showing you how hard it is right there's no scam there right it i'm is hard i'm overly passionate about this because i think that it's an area that i'm knowledgeable enough that i can really push back yeah when it comes to you know language uh choices of words that may alienate certain groups uh-huh. i have to defer right because a i'm not a part of those groups and b uh i certainly don't spend enough time studying language yeah to to really know more than what i can infer through logic right mm-hmm. but when it comes to this I'm 25 years into really committing myself to yeah. these lifestyles and understanding the science, the biology, the the kinesthetics, all, all mm-hmm. of this, right? And I've seen it change and evolve. Yeah. And I understand how young it is because poker's done the same at a much more rapid rate. Mm-hmm. We don't have solvers and sims when it comes to fitness, nutrition, and diet, right? Yeah. It's sure way too complex. Be. It would be Track so all our data. I mean, we're just getting to the point of wearables and nobody yeah. knows what the fuck to do with the data. I know, but right? the, but I feel like all that data will be able to, I'm sure they're using it to develop. It will shit, be, so. it, it will be helpful, I think, because uh, for anybody who's like interested in this type of stuff, epidemiology is like, uh, it's really one of the most fascinating sectors of science because it has its place. Like it's really necessary, mm-hmm. but it's so uncontrolled yeah. that it's almost useless. Right. It, well, it's, yeah, it's so hard to get an accurate, like, study. The, the best comparison is, um, I was talking to Thalo about this, who, by the way, uh, was very gracious and open to having discourse in spite of the fact that, like, he started with a pretty hard stance. Uh-huh. Uh, but we were talking about veganism versus being an omnivore. Um, and I basically said, like, uh, you know, I don't think we know very much when it comes to the way we consume and, and uh, the benefits or, or uh, how bad it is, mm-hmm. beyond that eating whole foods is greater than eating processed foods. Being an omnivore is greater than being an extreme. So it's better than being a vegan or a carnivore. Yeah. Right? And he kind of pushed back a little bit and said like, oh, according to my research, that's not true. Like vegans kind of demonstrate that they might be the most optimal lifestyle. And I said, well, you have to dig a little bit deeper because... If you're talking about epidemiology studies, and he, he, he cited a link. Mm-hmm. And in the link, it said, oh, actually, we were talking about red meat initially. Mm-hmm. So in the link, uh, it said, red meat and processed meats uh, show strong correlation to cancer. Right. And it's like, well, of course. Because their lifestyles. Well, first, yes. So basically, uh, what happens is when you lump those two together... Uh, it becomes really problematic. But even if you're able to separate them, the reason why vegans tend to show up so much uh, more efficient on epidemiology studies is that 
veganism is a choice. Yeah. We naturally evolve into uh, a carnivoristic diet, right? Yeah. So to become vegan, you have to actively make a choice. And it's a lifestyle choice mm-hmm. that requires dedication. It requires discipline. And it requires a hell of a lot of planning. So ultimately what happens is you don't find vegans that are smokers or drinkers or work stressful jobs. Uh, and across the board, uh, their stress levels through exterior factors are just significantly lower. Yeah. And they're also eating whole foods because it's almost impossible. I mean, it's not impossible. You could just eat a shitty potato chip diet, but like Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to live as a vegan and not eat whole foods. Well, I feel like a lot of their protein sources aren't whole foods. Fair, but the, 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 the greater scope of what they consume is largely whole foods. Yeah. Where if you look at like, uh, um, an omnivore, just an average omnivore, not someone like myself who's dedicated to a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. There's no lifestyle attached to being an omnivore. Yeah. It's just the default. Just a normal person who's... So if you take 10,000 vegans and 10,000 omnivores, what you're going to land on is like sub 1% will be doing bad lifestyle behaviors. They're going to sleep well. They're going to do all this stuff. Yeah. Then you look at the omnivores and you're going to have people with like high stress jobs. Right. You're going to have people who smoke, drink, cope, all of this stuff because They're a big not, part like veganism is like you're you are regimented yes. just by being a vegan correct but like you could be an omnivore and be regimented or you could be not regimented and like, the majority are obviously going to fall and not especially when you include the processed meats yeah because now when you can when you include the convenience foods yeah what you find is much higher levels of people who work stressful jobs mm-hmm. much higher levels of people who drink and smoke and do all these coping mechanisms because convenience is their number one priority yeah they don't care about what they consume yeah there's no picking and choosing anything just healthy like a sampling yeah issue. so does that does that then prove that red meat does not cause cancer? No. no. But what it does is it disproves almost every single epidemiology study out there because there's it's almost impossible to get a large enough sample of people who live some sort of strict balanced omnivore diet yeah. compared to veganism. I also just feel like your everyone's body is different. That that's another thing. So the way you process certain things is going to be different. That's also very true. So individuals depending on your genetics your ethnicity all these things uh you you grow differently into your palate and Mm. what your body needs so that's another variable that they can't really isolate for and we can kind of see this throughout the dawn of or throughout the 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 past of history right we look by region and everybody consumes very differently to the landscape yeah if we look at inuits they have like the highest fat diet of any human to ever live but they don't really show signs necessarily of negative health correlations due to that right Mm -hmm. and then you look at like um you know the i I hate to even reference it because it was a debunked study that was absolute garbage but Mm -hmm. like the china study was uh studying like um indigenous tribes within uh inland china Uh that mostly consumed a vegan diet because they didn't have access to water or or to like the ocean or anything like that uh and like they demonstrated that they lived very healthily yeah uh and and there's a myriad of cultures just adapted differently to right There's a myriad of cultures throughout. Like if you look at Greek people and Italians, they live on a Mediterranean diet and they're extremely healthy. And, and, you know, basically we're built to adapt to our surroundings, but we're not necessarily built to eat Oreos. Right. And that's the biggest issue is that as a country, especially like if you give a, if you imagine giving a pilgrim McDonald's Sprite and they're like freaking out, right? (laughs) (laughs) dying. what is this? Yeah. Like they would see the way we see poisonous mushrooms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as a first world nation that has everything in excess, 
uh, we've now become fat. Mm -hmm. And to say that we haven't is ignoring the empirical data. Yeah. We've clearly gotten fatter over time. So it's like, how on earth can we ever go back and now point and say, well, dieting is a scam and this is just a byproduct of genetics. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you, you're, you're 100% building a narrative just to push what you want to be true. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and a lot of times it can stem from people not wanting to make changes in their own life. So they just sort of say, like, this is the way it really it feels is. like projection. Yeah. I it, mean, a lot, most of this to. stuff, like when people are really amped up and sort of spouting off things that seem off is usually they are projecting because it's and i'm we've all projected before like everyone knows yeah. what it's like to be in that state where you really do think that this is like an outside issue and it's really not but like right. in that moment you really do think that like no 100 and, and i have empathy for that it's like fuck man i i i've throughout my life have learned a lot of hard lessons mm -hmm. through that methodology right mm -hmm. and unfortunately it's like i learned very well that way so i keep yeah. I keep putting myself in a shit spot to, to kind of like be told otherwise. Yeah. But as I, as I get older, I, I've learned to uh, implement some, uh, some protocols in place where it's like I double check in with myself. Yeah. And yeah, that's like where the growth really becomes or, or comes from. And again, like all of this stems back now to a mental health issue. Oh, yeah. And to think that like all of us across the board, 100% don't align on the fact that we all have mental health issues. Yeah is crazy it's I a know. spectrum i know right some people are everyone has mental health it's yes and so yeah you everyone has a state of mental health and I, I think that's what's so infuriating to me is that like we're getting to a point now where rather trying rather than trying to optimize our physical health we're shaming people who do that yeah because somehow it makes us feel uncomfortable yes. at, at large yes and we haven't even begun to breach the mental health realm yet right we're still very young in physical health yeah. we've barely even touched the mental health realm I know. so if you're telling me that the progression is going to be that as we start to dig in further into mental health we're going to start to shame people who take it seriously like come on yeah. i'm fucking out on this yeah, like i know de-platform everybody who well, well, is but out there here there is a bit of that i mean it's like there's there are ways that and especially i think it's probably easier with mental stuff because you can sort of rationalize oh i am this way because of this and i'll always be this way and anyone who says otherwise is you know discriminating against me when yeah. it's really like no you actually like there is another there is another side of reality that you can live on right if you wish right right and again like you know we're barely scratching the surface i don't want to get yeah. into are yeah. we in the sim <laughs> we are kind of we discussion are. especially because i gotta catch a fucking flight so uh thank you guys for coming to my ted talk uh, I appreciate it. Melissa, you've been a fantastic co-pilot today. Thank you. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, in order of how I enjoy you the most on this show, <laughs> it is one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. all six of us, uh -huh. and then three. I know. Three is not my jam. Three? It feels awkward. Three, you get a little bit snippy. I just, you come at me a little yeah, bit. Maybe I do. Yeah. Maybe I do. Oh, by the way, I, I've been corrected. I'm not allowed to say snippy because right. apparently... Uh, I don't know. Uh, apparently, <laughs> it's a term that like men use towards women. I say it to everybody. Guys get snippy. I say to say fresh. I say it to land. I would never say fresh. What am I in the 1950s? <laughs> <laughs> I say it to land it all the time. Yeah. Why are you being snippy? He does get snippy. Uh, I think maybe it's Pittsburghese. 
it's possible Maybe. but anyway uh i don't mean it in a condescending way no, obviously I, I just mean you know you come fucking for me yeah, uh i'll be out <laughs> with brian uh on some lake in the middle of the Smoky Mountains, turning my phone off, leave me the fuck alone for the next five days. Uh, if I don't come back, Melissa, the show's yours. Um, you have the next three days to do as you wish. Uh, yeah. As the audience- Dude, Leave comments on what, what you'd like to see. Leave comments for what kind of content you want out Should of Melissa. Should I just find someone off the street and bring them in? I, I think, well, without somebody here to, to, to mitigate, the hinge idea is probably off. But man, I love that idea I know. of the first date literally being an interview. I know. Can I interview my, uh, you on this podcast for um, <laughs> our first date? Right. Like any guy who agrees to that is for sure a keeper or, you know, a probably psychopath. Not. Well, it's one or the other. You get probably the, not. It's an extreme. You get to learn very quickly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway, you'll be, you'll be heading the show for the next three days or one day or two days. It's really up to you. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, not sure of time or day that we'll run our next episode, but we'll be somewhere between tomorrow and next Monday. Uh, we appreciate you guys as always. Please like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what five foods you would use if you had to live for one year off of and five. If Diet Coke would whole be food. Included. Diet Coke is out. Uh, <laughs> The caveat to this is that spices that have no calories and are a solo ingredient are included, like salt and pepper, uh, and drinks that have no calories and one ingredient are also included, like water and Diet sparkling Coke. water. No, not Diet Coke. <laughs> Tea, for instance. Uh, coffee. You guys can have that stuff. Let us know what you would choose, what your five would be. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next time.